Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra hydrating body care features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed powered heroes use skincare level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to Ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Hello you miserable bastards and welcome to the Misery Hunters podcast. My name is Jamie Coburn and joining me is Sam Smith. Hola. And just Sam Smith. Just the two of us because everybody else are lazy bastards. I know, I'm actually away down to London tomorrow and I've got shit to sort and I still managed to find the time to do it. Because, as you said, they're the other folk are lazy bastards so get I've, it round them. And I've had a leak in the shop that I'm trying to fix and hopefully have it fixed by the weekend. But, you know, it's all touch and go. <laughs> Aye, but the other, I mean, actually, I don't know what the, the other four are, are doing. Mm. I don't know where the excuses are, but aye. But we're not, we're not even make up excuses mm. for them. It's just laziness, really, at this point. Apart from Craig, I think, Craig's, I think Craig is actually working. So. They're all having a big, large circle jerk. <laughs> Without us. I don't know whether I feel bad or not. <laughs> I, I feel left out. <laughs> uh, but what a game we've got to talk about and... I think we both saw the full 90 minutes. Aye, I did. Uh, I watched the, the guy in the Bonnie Scott bar 
in the in Gran Canaria he said he was going to put it on, but his IPTV was absolutely fucked. <laughs> but it w- wasn't even loading, and then I had to go up in a, a proper Kirsty. Her face was tripping up for the fact that I had to go up and name drop, and I was like, "Oh, I actually, like I do, uh, I usually do the commentary for something on TV. We usually don't put the stream on to like." F- five or ten minutes before it and the guy was like, all right, I and he just wasn't interested at all, didn't care. <laughs> couldn't couldn't care at all that this random guy standing there sitting on the way top on was telling him he'd done the commentary. But I ended up managing a stream on VIP League on my on my phone and I met a Hearts fan in the shop after nice. the game, which was which was great. So I I had a had a great time watching that. Mm-hmm. I've got a lot of um Hearts fan customers who I haven't actually seen this week, fairly enough. And not that they're listening no to this, but um, I did message I wouldn't be showing my face. <laughs> nah, get out of them. I, I think uh, even the, the guy after the game that I met, he was like, oh, you were really good today. And I was like, yeah, but well, we're, we're a pretty decent team. And he was like, we, we should really be we, I mean, like, Just enjoy it. We should really be beating teams. And I was like, yeah, so you shouldn't, because you're not very good at football, so... <laughs> Nah, well, I think the obviously we're going to talk about it. I think the I think Hearts still just assumed they would kind of brushes aside, despite how bad they've been. Mm-hmm. I think what had they, they had lost four in the spin before that. Like they never really they looked like a team who'd lost four in the spin. Mm-hmm. They were completely short ideas, and for so long we've been the team that gives teams a helping hand and lets them back in. Yeah, I know obviously we've seen them in the Motherwell game in February, but. I think under Robinson this season, we seem to have bucked the trend. They're giving teams points when they need it. Mm-hmm. We seem to be the ones that are now adding on to their misery. We're beating them when we should be beating teams. And uh, long may it continue. To be fair, a few of the, the few Hearts fans that did come into the shop, they were like, um, ah, they were not confident. <laughs> they, they said, I think you'll take it. And I was like, oh, come on. It's this is what has Sitmurn do. We're there to give you a wee lift up when you've not been doing well, and I'm Especially glad that, I'm glad that trend is 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 now dead. And because Aye. of how good a manager Stephen Robinson is, and like what a group of players that he's he's putting put on the park, and Aye. the atmosphere in the dressing room and everything like that, he's no lost as some people thought at the start of the season. And it's just I think it's the perfect example. I think that's now. I think it was the tenth of April was a year on from when we lost 4-0 at home to Rangers. You know, it was a game that I never even bothered Mars going to. And that, that takes a lot for, for me to kind of no go. Like, I'm, obviously, I've got a season ticket. Like, I, I never went. I think I'm pretty sure Mark and... I'm pretty sure Mark and Craig never went either. Mm-hmm. Uh, Raw, I, I definitely remember Ross never went as well. Like, I, I don't think any has actually bothered the Rasty other than Andrew. And it was just, if you look back to a year ago, Compared to now, it's night and day. Well, I think we all kind of, it's night, it's easy for us to be pretty smug and say, oh, we told you so. But I mean, like, I don't think, I expected Robinson to turn it round. I didn't expect him to turn it round mm-hmm. and do as well as he has. Like, for us to still, for, for people to be having serious conversations about us potentially finishing third with, how, I mean, how many games does it to go? Seven? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's seven seven games left. There's obviously two before the split. Like for us to be in the conversation of potentially finishing third with teams like Aberdeen, Hibs, and Hearts is it's incredible. And you know, it, it's not going to happen every season. We know that. Mm-hmm. Like it's you know, Hearts and Hibs and Aberdeen are going to spend more money to try and pull further away from us. As what it is, they, they can flex their financial muscles. But Robinson's got his punching well above our weight. And, 
Uh, it's just a, the the, jo- the the turnaround he's had since since the close season last year has been just remarkable. Just been amazing. Just a, a bit of time that he needed um, to bed players in, get them used to a system, and we're, we're seeing the rewards of that. It was like people wanted them out like immediately, and you're you're sitting there going like, and and the Stubbs comparisons came and stuff like that. Stubbs was a unique one. We got him out so early, not just because of the results on the pitch, but because of the shit he was saying in the media. Well, I yeah. guess people were trying to say that with Robinson as well about how he was throwing players out of the bus and stuff. But it wasn't quite. But you know, like in in the room, like essentially he did lose the dressing room. Like our captain was sidelined. Big time, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, it, uh, it's so different. They're two two completely different situations. I think. There was so much revisionism about how good Goodwin was for St Mirren at the time when Robinson came in. And don't get me wrong, the run that Robinson came into was good. But when, when uh, obviously when, oh, sorry, just get my dinner handy to me here again. Thank you. Uh, that looks incredible. Uh, sorry. Let, let, let everybody know what you're having. Uh, I am having chicken shish kebabs and a wee pat of bread and some chips. Looks good, salad as well, lovely dressing. Do not edit this out. I'm not. Because I, I still exactly remember when I was out. I think Robinson's first game, correct me if I'm wrong, it was Hearts. I think Ronan gets, was it Ronan who gets sent off after mm-hmm. about 10 or 20 minutes? And he was, you know, pretty much up against it straight away. I think the, I think his second game was due to be. Anik gets sent off in one of them as well. And yeah, Anik obviously gets sent off in that Dundee United game. Like a lot of stuff went against Robinson that never really, never really went against Goodwin. And I think a lot of people had just kind of wrote him off by that point. But I mean, uh, we weren't in the league when Robinson was. Uh, I think we were only in the league for one season when Robinson was at uh, Motherwell. Maybe what one and a half, obviously mm-hmm. before he resigned. But you know, Motherwell under Robinson were notoriously difficult to deal with. They were horrible to play against. No one liked playing against them. And now we are we are that team that no one wants to play against. You see it on Saturday, the way we the way our two forwards, especially Watt, I didn't think Watt had that kind of mean streak in him to bully centre forward, but he's he's definitely got it. We know what we get for Curtis Main. The midfield are incredible at what they do. They they run teams off the park. Uh, we're so much fitter than we were before. I think Robinson had highlighted that before the committee said we were, you know, we went up to the fitness standards that he was he was hoping that we were at when he came in. And I I think the work that him, O'Carroll, you know, foil on the recruitment side of things has just been it's just been ridiculous. It's we're we're playing at a level that we've not really played at since we've been in the Premier League in my lifetime. Touching on the fitness levels, it, it kind of makes you think when apparently um, was it Stephen Fletcher said that they weren't fit enough for when Goodwin on Goodwin standards, which shows you how unfit they must yeah. have been. Yeah, I, and we lost a lot of last minute goals under Goodwin. Mm. I think in the the whole time that he was here, not not really as well as the kind of losing last minute goals when you're getting into the last 20, 30 minutes of games and you're chasing a goal. We never really looked like we were going to get it because. You know, players were tired out and then we're relying on a bit of individual magic for guys like McGrath and Ronan. And, you know, now we don't really, we, we don't, really, I, from from my viewing of it, you know, obviously, correct me if I'm wrong, but we don't really rely on the individual performers now. No. We rely on the team playing well, mm-hmm. which is far easier to do than relying on one guy to pull you at a hole every game. No, 100%. You, kinda, you, you can kind of look at players like O'Hara and stuff and, you know, if they're on on their game we're going to have a good time but that's more or less the midfield like unit when they're on their game we're going to have a good um, 
like a good day. And it's the same as the defensive unit when the defensive. It's good seeing as much as like, you know, Richard Taylor's quite raw and stuff. It was good seeing Dunback and even Gallagher get some minutes as well. So um, that's a very very good sign coming in to the split. If we if we yeah, if we do finish, I'm, I'm still saying if if we do finish on the right side of it. I know we were kind of talking beforehand. There's a lot, like a lot of things. There's so many variables. Aye. I, I, I think with the way Livingston have been, and I think particularly, I think this weekend, I think it'll be wrapped up. Not not through what we'll do at Ibrox. I think Rangers will win comfortably at Ibrox. Rangers are a good team. They have been under deal. They've been good at home. They score a lot of goals. They don't concede many goals. I think there's a good chance that Hearts will beat Hibs. And I don't think Livingston will beat St. Johnson, to be honest. I think uh, St. Johnson are a good team away from home. They've also not been great away from home, but they do tend to draw mm-hmm. and maybe win occasionally. Livingston have been down 3-0 at home. Uh, no, 3-0 at half-time, sorry, in the last two weeks. They, they are, it's going to be panic stations for Livingston. You know, if Livingston they can see the goal in the first half, they're just probably going to think, oh, this is going to happen again. Like... I, I think we'll have it done this weekend. I think we'll have it wrapped up, but I don't think it's going to be through anything that we do at Highbrooks, unfortunately. But aye, listen, it, I think it will just be good to have that. I think in the in the terms of qualifying for Europe, which is crazy to say, mm-hmm. even though I did say we would finish fifth at the start of the season, but uh, I do think in terms of qualifying for Europe, I still think the Kelly game might be a must-win game, mm-hmm. even if we've qualified for the top six at that point, because you've got to Gives you a boost you've got over to, everybody else. Yeah, that we kind of you've, you've got to take into account that I think Aberdeen play Rangers on the last day before the... Yeah, they do. Aberdeen play Rangers at Petaudry. No, at Ibrook, sorry, in the last day before the split. If we take points against Kelly, then depending on Aberdeen's score at the weekend, you know, you might go a couple of points ahead of them and then at that point you're really looking positive going to... You, know, you might still have that gap over Hibs if Hibs lose, if, if Hibs lose to Hearts at the weekend and if Hibs maybe don't pick up a, maybe pick up a point max on the last day before the split so it's it's crazy to be thinking as positive as we are at this point mm-hmm. to be honest I'm just really not used to it <laughs> I know it's nuts and it was it kind of felt remember we at um, uh, I can't remember which Patreon it was that told us like gave us the idea of the Patreon to do like how our mindset and how we're thinking differently about the about the league and how like relegation isn't a thing and now we're looking to uh, how far up the table we can be in possible Europe and when we'd done that Patreon we went on a bit of a slump and it almost felt like we slightly jinxed them <laughs> so it's good to see that it's went back up but uh, we will talk about the, the game itself we haven't really made, we've kind of mentioned a wee bit here and there but we haven't properly dug into it first half was kind of I mean, we held our structure well. There wasn't too many chances either way. I think Halliday hit the crossbar. That was about it. Really yeah, maybe fun. maybe Gogic's header is mm. another thing yeah. worth mentioning. I think we never troubled Stuart, no. I think, at all in the first half. But I think this is probably as comfortable we've looked away from home mm-hmm. all season. Mm-hmm. Maybe along with the performance against Hearts at Tynecastle. You know, obviously, I think the last time round they got the goal mm-hmm. uh, just before halftime with Barry Mackay and that obviously won the game for them in the end but I do think that we just look comfortable Hearts never really looked like scoring you know we seem to completely nullify Shankland to the point he was dropping back into midfield in the midfield ever, ever midfield they're excellent you know we pressed him pressed him throughout and I like 
the Hearts just looked pretty much like a team who who'd ran their course under their manager. I don't have any doubt that Naismith will be a good manager for all the for all the stuff that folk were saying about when he was like Neville job last yeah. year. I think Smith will be a, I think Naismith will be a brilliant appointment. I think Mark said that in our group chat earlier. He's in the national team set up for a reason. You know, Steve Clark isn't just gonna call him up because it's his pal that he gave a few caps to before he retired. Like Naismith was always a good player, really intelligent player. And he, he always kind of got the kind of leadership vibe yeah. off of him when he was on the park. I think he'll be good, he'll turn hearts around, but it definitely on Saturday looked like a team who weren't really playing for their manager. I think Snodgrass included. I mean, we've basically I, retired I, him by the sounds of things. I get the impression that Snodgrass wanted off mm-hmm. as soon as possible because he, he flew into a tackle early doors on O'Hara. On oh, O'Hara, yeah, first, that was the first yellow card, yeah. Yeah, and that was, that was heavy. That was a very heavy tackle. And after that, he was just trying his hardest to get off the pitch. And there was three or four fouls that he kind of gave away. Yeah. And you're looking at him and you're thinking, how long can he actually last here? I, see, see, the more I watch it, and I, I know this, I don't think the, the second the second yellow is worthy of a yellow. I think he wins the ball. I know he kind of lunges into it slightly. And I, like, I'm not complaining he gets sent off. But... Do you know what, see, I think I, I won't, I won't, I'm not going to ever go at him. I think he's won the ball. But I think him lunging in, along with the view that the referee has, I think accompanied with the reaction as well. Yeah. He's not asked. He's. I think he knows that it was a daft tackle to make, and I think it's more out of frustration. Mm-hmm. You know, you're two 0 down to a team that. Listen, let's be honest. As much as Hearts fans have said that they should be beaten, so they're at home. Like for the money they've paid on on players, you know, I think Hearts obviously brought in like, what five million from that European run. They spent mm-hmm. just under two million on players in the summer. They've got a good team. They've got a really good team, and. They should be. They should have enough to take care of us at Minnan, but I think we just wanted it more than them, really. And I, that was. I think the red card was out of frustration. I think obviously for if we're in talking about the second half, we've we've got to mention how how well we started. We just no, we started really well and like yeah. whatever whatever Robinson and O'Carroll said at halftime has it just kind of put a wee bit of a jolt up us and maybe gave us a wee bit more belief than what we had initially. I think. I think. Obviously, the away form's been a, a bit of a hoodie on our back the entire season. Our away form hasn't been great, um, but we've, especially with how excellent we've been at home. And then um, I think when you go in 0-0 against Hearts and they've not created any chances, I think, and we've held our structure really well. He's, he's clearly, we've been in, we've been praising our structure, and it says now just go out and play a bit more freedom, attack a wee bit more because they're there for the taking. Uh, and, and I think that he's just instilled a belief into the team Right, you've controlled the first half. You're in it now. Now, this is ours to win, and we've went and done it. Yeah, I think the away the away forms rightly took a bit of took a bit of stick off a of folk, and I I, I won't. I, I love Robinson. I, I do. I think. Uh, <coughs> sorry, I love the team that we have as well. But you know, rightly in the first half of the season, we did take a lot of stick for. We're up until January, like we. I mean, we're rotting away from home. You're almost writing games off mm-hmm. away from home as if they say, all right, we'll lose here and we'll maybe pick up a point. But I think Robinson said it. I, I can't remember what game he said after. I think he said, if you're winning your home games more often than not and you're picking up a point or two away from home every now and again, mm-hmm. you're going to finish in the right half of the table. Yeah. Actually, off the top of my head, I think this year, the this, this, yeah, 2023, we've only lost to Hearts and Celtic away from home. Mm-hmm. So we seem to be turning ones that we would have maybe lost at the start of the season into draws, ones that we were drawn into wins. And 
I think with now where we are in the table, that's obviously beginning to show because, but I mean, we're sitting, Spurs are sitting fifth in the league, four points clear of six and five points clear of six, but uh, seven, sorry, with two games to go. Like this is completely in our hands, and regardless of what happens on Saturday, it's still going to be in our hands going into a game that we should be looking to go out and win comfortably against Kilmarnock. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Uh, we'll talk about the goal. Uh, the first one, it was a good ball from Gogic up, and um, Curtis Main does really well. And I see if I was a Hearts fan, who was, was it? Rolls. Rolls. Like he's so weak that that push is not even a strong push, and it and it gives um, Main so much space to then just take the shot on. And and I think he knows obviously Ross Stewart. He's not he's Hearts what third choice goalkeeper. He's never really had a, a, a good run at any club other than maybe Livingston played him in goals for a bit yeah. and dropped him because of well <laughs> because of reasons. Um, so I think he knows that he's got a chance here to, and as long as he's got it on target with a bit of power behind it, there's a good chance that's going in the net, and it's exactly what happened. So yeah, to be honest, if they had Craig Gordon, Ross Stewart, <laughs> and Xander Clark, I'd go because they weren't saving that. That was in before Ross Stewart even had a chance to react, mm-hmm. but. Your point about Rose defending, if I seen a Submarine defender get shoved like that off the bottom, like just, and it wasn't really shoved. I think we're probably being a wee bit extreme on main. Mm-hmm. I think if that had given against a foul, that would have been very harsh. Aye, it's not, he's, he's, so both hands are on him. It's not a shove, but it's like a, he's moved them, moved them mm. slightly. It's like, excuse me, can you get my way? And he goes, oh, yes, on you go. It was kind of like that. You're right, though. It's, it's, it's completely embarrassing for a guy. I mean, I think Rose is what... I mean, Rose is a big guy. He's like 6'1". Mm. He's a footballer. He's a centre-half. Played who, in the World Cup. Who performed... By the way, didn't he? he performed really well at the World Cup as well. And, you know, Main just moves him away. Like, he's not there. And what a finish. Like, yeah. that. that's... that's inc- It was probably the goal of the weekend for me. It was incredible. Like, just brilliant. But I think from a Hearts perspective, you'd be absolutely raging if you conceded a goal like that. 100%. Um, and then the second goal, um, good hit from Marco Hara off of Gogic. I love that. Like you see everyone run after Marco Hara, and then Gogic goes up and celebrates himself because he knows fine well it's came off of him and it's his goal. Gogic is the only guy in the stadium who thinks that he scored there, yeah. which makes it even funnier Aye. for the fact that Marco Hara ran the length of the park to mm-hmm. then think it was his goal. Yeah. To then, pro- I'm presuming he probably get told at halftime. Yeah, probably get told at full time. Uh, by the way, that uh, that wasn't your eleventh goal of the season. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, but it I, shows I, I thought I still I thought it was O'Hara's for most until I rewatched the highlights and went, "Oh, it's Gogic's." And the BBC gave it to Gogic, so I was like, "All right, fair enough." The only reason I knew it was Gogic's was because the pub that I was watching and I was obviously watching it on my phone, and I looked up and it's Sky Sports News. Oh. <laughs> Maybe about 10, 15 minutes after the goal was scored, and it said, "Oh, correction, it was Alex Gogic." Uh, First Samarin, second goal, which when I actually looked up at the screen it said Gogic Samarin and I thought Oh, you thought three now. I thought we are I thought we are cruising it here. But I uh, it was I think it's probably a goal that typifies us, especially with the long throw in, to mm-hmm. Shaughnessy as well. It was really good and I think the I'm not sure who knocks it down initially for for O'Hara. In fact, does O'Hara run on it straight away rather than anyone kind of I think, I think it, it I think it kinda I literally just watched it again. Uh, does it not like bounce off someone towards him? I'm sure. Ah, I'm not not a hundred percent sure. Don't but hold that. It shows the it shows the threat we've got mm-hmm. from Gallagher and and Shaughnessy's throws. 
and aye, listen, it doesn't matter how it goes in, especially at Tynecastle, which I think that's their first non-Old Firm defeat of the season there as well. Oh, nice. So we'll take that. It was just a brilliant to go 2-0 up, and at that point it didn't. Look, I mean, Hearts never threatened at all. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe it's probably Hearts. I think the, the chance they had right at the start of the second half from, I think it was Michael Smith, but Carson, again, like, He's Michael Smith's what essentially one on one. He's got a couple of guys in front of him, but he's, he's got a clear shot at goal. He's maybe about 15, I don't know, about 15 yards out. You just never worry about them scoring. Mm-hmm. And it, it's probably how arrogant we've got with the goalkeepers that we've had. You know, Carson made a hard save look terribly easy, and we are quick enough to get out and clear it. And I think that was the only thing Carson had to do all day. It was a an easy afternoon, I think he could have the deck chair out for the most part and enjoyed enjoyed watching it like the rest of the guys did in the in the away end. And now he's listening to this on his drive, so th- thanks, Trevor. Thanks, um, Trevor. Love you. <laughs> uh, anything else you want to pick up from that game? Other than well, we should we should talk about how good Gogic was. Gogic was fantastic, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. When he's on it, then he is on another level. But then he's never really off it. Is he? Well, true. true. <laughs> he's just. He's a guy who, for for years, and I think it's because he's not another team, you don't really notice what mm-hmm. he does. I always just had the impression that Gogic was an absolute clogger. He was a guy who didn't have any technical ability. He just ran about to kick people. And I think I think he's had two red cards against St. Mirren before he signed. I think he got sent, sure. sent off for a tackle on Cody Cook. And then I think he actually got sent off for hauling down Simeon Jackson. Jesus. in the game that we won 2-0 at home just before the last game of the season in the, the Kearney year and I, I always look back to times like that and even, even when he was at Hibs I'm like this guy isn't good this guy had, when he signed I kind of gave him the benefit of the doubt because I thought this might be what we need we might mm-hmm. need someone who's able to spoil the play and not do much else he has exceeded every single expectation I had on him to be honest I think it also shows how important he can be in that midfield like and it allows Marco Harris I think him being in the midfield allows Marco Harris to be a wee bit more forward allows our midfield to push up a little bit more because you know he's kind of sitting just in front of the defence but he can also attack and as we've seen starting like it shows how much of a we miss Charles Dunn and there's a lot and and you don't Charles Dunn's one of these players you don't realise yeah, he makes stupid mistakes every now and then, but you don't realise how much you miss him until he's out of the team and we're having to play like Richard Taylor and Alex Gogic next to each other or Joe Shaughnessy and Alex Gogic. But the fact you've got Shaughnessy and um, Dunn there allowing Gogic into the midfield, you can actually see the best of his play because, yeah, like Gogic plays centre-back for Cyprus, but the way Cyprus play, it's kind of like the Joe Shaughnessy role. He's there to head the ball away. That's literally all yes, he needs to do. And he does it well. Uh, but when you've yeah, got was, you can't really start him and Shaughnessy together because you've got two defenders there doing the exact same job and then when you're putting in someone quite raw like Taylor Gogic isn't the man you want next to him you want someone more experienced like Shaughnessy or Gallagher so it's good to see Dunn back and allowing Gogic to like perform as well as he did in the midfield 100% mm-hmm. I'd maybe go as far as saying it was probably his best game I think it was which is crazy because I said that the week before as well. So. <laughs> if he wants to keep having his best game, mm-hmm. Mirren from now on every week, 
and I batter in, but he, he's just been incredible. I think for he maybe flies under the radar a wee bit. I know a lot of St Mirren fans do love him, but I think a lot of people don't appreciate how good we are when he's in the team. Mm-hmm. And I think he makes everyone better. He's definitely helped in Bacchus upturning his form. I don't yeah. think Bacchus dropped off as much as people said he did, but it's definitely made a difference mm-hmm. having having Bacchus back to his best. Is, and it's no coincidence that it's been when Gogic has been in midfield with him, yeah. but aye, just so, so good. So, so good. And I think... I don't know if you've actually forgot to mention it, but uh, Robert Snodgrass's red card was hilarious. Well, we did mention it. We did, we, we did talk about his card. Right at the start. Aye. But aye. That is a guy who's chucked it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is funny. We we have retired that man. I mean, it was one of these ones, like, when you look at the Hearts team, you think, when you see Snodgrass, you think, he's there's a player there. Um, like, that's, like, we know what he's, what he's capable of. Scotland International played most in his career in the English Premier League and all this kind of stuff. But, like, Oh well, it's good to see that we've well and truly. I think he's back. a. I, I get the impression that <clears throat> unless everything's going his way, mm-hmm. he's not really asked. And I think when he obviously came into Hearts initially, he was really good. But it seems to be, I won't say it's Gogic's fault directly or Robinson's, but they get. I think since they came back from the World, the World Cup, I don't know if it was maybe a month and a bit off too long for a guy at his age. Mm. But since we've come back from the World Cup, they obviously played us in the game in Paisley. And ever since then, Gogic marked them out of the game. And he never done anything. Like, he just, he looked like a guy who had completely lost his legs. And teams have found him out. And I think Hearts fans were getting were getting pretty fed up with him. Listen, I still think he's a good player, but I wouldn't have him anywhere near us. No. But, I mean, you know for a fine while he's going to have like a residency on the Open Goal podcast now. Where he'll, oh yeah, he'll be a full time panelist on yeah, that. Eh? Where he'll talk about what what went wrong at Hearts while Andrew Halliday sits on his hands and tries not to just jump in. So, but um, we will be back after I decide which button to press because I can only remember which one's Alex Grieve and I don't want to play it every week, so I'm going to choose a color, Sam. You can choose pink, yellow, teal, which doesn't have guy teal on it, or orange. Uh, teal. You want teal. We will be back after this. Hello, I'm Stephen Thompson, and you're listening to the Misery Hunters podcast. There you go. Good choice. Good choice. And if you haven't already, go back and listen to our podcast with Stephen Thompson. It's very good. Very emotional. I actually forgot we interviewed him. That was <laughs> pretty big time. Yeah. Probably just one of the just one of the few wee names of the head on here. But yeah. and with more to come as well. So, so we've got Rangers at the weekend. <sighs> how do we set up for this game obviously I always think with Robinson you've always got a chance we're away from home we're saying that our away form's getting better but playing Rangers at Ibrox especially when they've got a point to prove there's been a lot of complaints about referees especially from their side so there's a good chance that they're going to get quite a lot of decisions their way just to kind of like hush them a bit in it aye I think you're right and I'm not like again it's always me and you that's on when Mm -hmm. this conversation comes in it isn't a conspiracy no it's easier for them to give decisions to Rangers and Celtic. They might not, like, I, it, it might be, like, subconsciously, the now. Like, they're not out there, but they just go, like, there's, someone's went over in the box, bloody penalty, okay, because they know their family's details aren't going to end up yeah, online. Like, they just happened there at the old firm. Aye. I think a lot of, I think the, the pressure that Rangers and Celtic put referees under is, is, it's out of order because it doesn't happen in any other country. Like, I mean, for, well, in Italy it's quite bad and stuff because, like, I think 
death threats and then South America, but we are more civilized than these countries, I'd like to think. <laughs> I, well, I know, I know, but I think it's the pressure they put on is ridiculous. Like, there's, there's no need for referees to be going into games completely terrified to give a decision against the other team and mm-hmm. you know you do see a lot of people like Celtic fans will always say oh if they declare what team they support then there wouldn't be any referees left to support Rangers like I, I don't think for a minute that there's no referees that then support Celtic that, like most of I think unfortunately in Scotland most people I don't know but the percentage is probably 70% 80% are going to support Rangers and Celtic mm-hmm. That's the that's the harsh reality of it. Mo- most of the people in the country will Remember, support them. Who was it? Thompson that was a St. Martin fan and his brother was a season tick holder and gave us absolutely fucking nothing. <laughs> yeah. And apparently Craig Thompson's a St. Martin fan as well. That's what I said, Thompson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But was it Kenny Clark as well? Oh, was he? I don't know that. Yeah, because Ken- yeah, Kenny Clark's boy's a mad St. Martin fan. And I think, yeah, Kenny goes two games with his son. And Kenny Clark notoriously gave St Mirren nothing and I just referees don't make that much an impact on games they can do but they don't make enough an impact to swing game I think when Celtic fans scream about conspiracies in games that they've beat Dundee United 5-0 at home it's not a conspiracy that you never get a penalty Mm -hmm. because it wasn't a penalty it's unfortunately how it works and I think after the refereeing decisions at the weekend, I think Celtic will probably shut up for a wee while. But but again, that all comes from the manager, players all putting pressure on referees and it does make an impact. And I, to, to not go on a, a complete tangent about other things, I think Rangers are probably likely to benefit from some decisions on Saturday that they maybe mm-hmm. might not have got in weeks previous. And as well as that, we do need to do what we are good at and, you know, hope that hope that every single one of our players plays at you know minimum seven or eight out of ten because that's that's how you get points at these grounds every single player needs to be at it you need to have no one can make any mistakes and I mean we've all seen what happens over the years especially this season I think the game that me and Andrew done commentary when we lost 4-0 to Rangers if you make one mistake early doors you've you given yourself a mountain to climb yeah. because teams like us can't come out and attack at Ibrox you get picked off and you get beat Whereas if you're still now now at half time and then you know you're creeping towards the sixty or seventieth minute, you're still now now, then you've really got a chance of going and getting a result there. I wouldn't put it past us to get something, but it will be a, a mountain to climb mm-hmm. to get something. I think. Well, I'm making my prediction that it's going to be one each, and I'm going to say that we get an even dodgier penalty. Then I think I both would... pe- penalties, both sides, Rangers will get a dodgy penalty in the. F- and we'll get a dodgy penalty and I think that'll, that'll do it. <laughs> I would absolutely love to see someone get a penalty at Ibrox. <laughs> but I don't think it'll happen. No. I, I, I think it's just going to be a very hard game because it, you, you do see a lot of our fans and it's, it always happens we get a wee bit carried away but mm-hmm. Rangers are a good team and if this game was at home I would be thinking differently 100%. I would be thinking right if we do this properly we could get a point we could win but Away from home, these teams are just a different animal and it's it's just going to be a very hard task, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't put it past us to get a point. No, I'm, I'm happy. I, I'm, I think we'll be, we've got a really good chance of getting a point and that will be my prediction, one each. Yeah. 
Um, before we move on to, well, before we leave you and move on to the patron, should mention that we've been linked with a, a striker in, in the press, Kieran Bow, on loan from Fulham. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I've realised I've done that just as Sam's put food in his mouth. <laughs> Just very hungry. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think obviously Bowie was Bowie was pretty highly rated when he moved down to Fulham initially when he left Rafe Rovers. But I, I, I confess I don't really know much about the much about the boy since he's really done. Since I say boy, he's five years younger than me. But <laughs> yeah, I'm now getting to that stage where I can call players young boys. Young but, boys. Um, I mean, there was aye. there was rumours. I think there was talk. His name came up at the start of the season as well. That apparently we were talking to him. So. Yeah, I think he's obviously on loan at Northampton. He seems to have done done fairly well, and mm-hmm. you know the guys that I'm not, I, and I think I'll I, I didn't really prejudge any Robinson signing this summer. Mm-hmm. I'm not last summer. Sorry, I'm not going to do it this summer because all Robinson's is- recruitment has one blotter, and it's all the Sanya. So, mm-hmm. which I mean, you never know. He might still. Well, probably not, but. Um, <laughs> The comparison I'd like to make is the last time we signed someone who done pretty well at Northampton was the one and only Junior Marias. So who's he, uh, now not doing very well for Notts County? So, <laughs> so I mean, if he if he leaves a his mark, or if Bowie leaves, he's the same sort of mark that Marias does at Saint then We're in for a treat. <laughs> if uh, he leaves the same mark that Junior Marias did, I'm not buying a season ticket again. But nah, <laughs> listen, these are all these are gambles and. Listen, Junior Marais could have worked out. It, it didn't. Okay, like, move on. No, I will with the guy. Mm-hmm. Bowie seems like he's got a really good pedigree and seems like a, a kind of... I feel like all the forwards that we are linked to under Robinson are wingers slash strikers. Yeah. Someone which, that can do a lot of running, essentially. I think it's someone who can cover two positions is the main thing. I think Robinson really looks for his... These forwards to be able to do more than more than one thing. You know, I think a lot of the time, you know, Curtis Main as a striker, the guys that we signed under Goodwin, like Brophy was a striker, Christian Dennis was a striker, Lee Irwin, striker, nothing else. Whereas guys this year that was maybe latterly, obviously Grieve get handed to us on a plate, you know, but Grieve could, you could put Grieve out left and play him through the middle. Jonah Younger could play out left and through the middle. Main obviously couldn't. I think Offord and Jameson are probably pretty comfy on the wing as well. So, yeah, I think to play for Stephen Robinson, you need to be able to do more than one thing. And I, I'm not going to say anything about anything Robinson is looking to do because nine times out of ten it works. So, uh, Brophy's injured again. Kind of harms our chances of getting rid of him in the summer. I think, I think someone's going to take a punt on him. Mm-hmm. I, I think Whether, it's the same kind of thing like you, with, with Goodwin trying to sign Griffiths. It's a it's a project with someone. A lot of these managers have egos where they'll think I'm the man to turn their form around. It's a vanity project. Yeah. Yeah, I that, think I think anyone that signs Brophy is essentially signing them because they think, oh, our physio could really get him back to his best. Mm-hmm. Whereas, no, no one is anyone really going to get. I mean, what is a what is such a thing as a fit and firing Eamon Brophy? Like eight goals, but one <laughs> we're never going to see it, no. which is unfortunate because I it's a guy who I do I do criticise him a bit, but I do think he's a good player. And but for what we pay him, mm-hmm. see, if, see, I think there wouldn't be a lot of onus on Brophy if Brophy wasn't on the money he's on. Mm-hmm. 
and has done as little as he has. Even if you look at like Tony Watt, right? So you're going to admit he's probably on similar money. Probably more. Probably to be honest. But the fact is the the amount of off the ball, like how well he works off the ball, how much shift he puts in. Yeah, he's not going to score ten goals. Like sometimes he will pop up. Like that goal he scored the other week was absolutely fantastic. But a play like. I think Mark mentioned that if that was any other striker that we have on the books, Main or Grieve or even Brophy, that would have bounced off the goalkeeper. He would have, wouldn't have had the intelligence to that touch and take it round that Tony Watt does. Like, I'd be more than happy if we signed him next season, as long as it's mm. not on the wages that he's currently on. A hundred percent, I think. Maybe. I don't know how much. I think the United go down, which I don't think they will now. I think the United will maybe win enough games to to claw it back. Maybe not claw back Comarnock, maybe claw back Ross County. Is it Comarnock who's eleven? Sorry, or Ross County who's tenth? I think they've got enough to claw back tenth. Are they not five points maybe. behind? But they've got a game in hand. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think maybe under Goodman they will turn it around. They'll win games. They'll probably win more than they'll lose in the split. I think they might have enough to turn it around. They might not, but. You know, what's going to need to now come to a point where the United will probably get rid of him. Mm-hmm. He, he can't sit on the money he's on. I'm guessing they'll have clauses in his contract that will drop his wage down. With how highly he speaks of Robinson, I probably wouldn't be shocked to see him turn up mm-hmm. here next year. I think it all depends on if we get a taker for Brophy. Is somebody yeah. willing to take take that wage on? I mean, which I think, maybe a wee swap deal with Dundee United. Give, give Brophy to Dundee United, we take what off their hands? Jesus, there's probably been the United fans that would take that, but I also feel bad for Liam McGuinness is what's <laughs> going to happen when Brophy leaves. So. That's true, I think he'll... Although, he, he, I think he's now in love with Tony Watt and as he should be. Rightly so. I think he's going to be in love with any striker that looks as if they're going to threaten to score <laughs> 10 goals for St Marin, so... Nah, I, I, I think there's a good chance Watt will be back next season. I think, uh, Mark, Mark, I think Mark said on a group chat earlier that maybe doesn't he think he would... Unless we can get rid of Brophy, but mm-hmm. I don't think there'll be any problem getting rid of Brophy. Some team will take him. I think they'll maybe look at his first few games at Ross County and they'll say, All right, there we go. There's definitely a player there. And I think his next two moves are always going to be, maybe his next move and the move after that are definitely going to be off the back. Oh, he was really good under Clark. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it's a case of you were good for two seasons. Aye. Now you're not very good. And he'll be looking down the way. I still think maybe his next move will win the championship. Though. If I was him, I'd go abroad. I'd, I'd speak to Lee Irwin's agent, go to some mad country, score 40 goals and then see another Premier League club take a good punt on you. It's, it's the, that's not a not a bad move. Um, but I think... I think they we'll, guys enjoy their life. So. Yeah, 100%. Um, we'll end it at that. Um, MiseryHunters. No, I dot misuryhunters.co.uk it's been a while since I've done this uh, misuryhunters.co.uk for all our merch uh, patreon.com forward slash misuryhunters for our exclusive episodes me and Sam are talking about this week um, not maybe next season but in the future if we qualify <coughs> for Europe what would our dream draw be That's where, uh, there's a big asterisk there that we're not saying next season we're not jinxing anything and I can see Sam's face about to jump in here yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying it. St Mirren might or might not qualify for Europe next year. Just in the future, in our lifetime, if St Mirren qualifies for Europe, if, what would our ideal draw be? Aye, including group stages. 
But uh, thanks for listening. And um, fuck. Oh, shit. Uh, fuck Robbie Nielsen. Bastard. I was going to say that. <laughs> fuck Lee McCulloch's teeth. <laughs> Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.